Hello, it's Joe Taylor here, host of the All Terrain podcast. I just wanted to drop in with a quick note to let you know that this episode is a part of a series that we recorded live at the Edinburgh Fringe. It means as well as having the guest there in person, there was also an audience listening into the chat. So you'll hear a little bit of engagement and interaction with them through the conversation. It was an incredible privilege to be at the Fringe this summer to have these conversations with some truly excellent guests. So with that shared with you, um, we'll get to these episodes and I hope you enjoy them just as much as I did. So hello and welcome to the All Terrain podcast brought to you by the Children and Youth Department of the Salvation Army in the United Kingdom and Ireland. I'm Jo Taylor, and in each episode, I invite a guest to take a hypothetical hike with me as we find out about their real-life journey to this point. Along the way, they'll make four choices and answer four questions. Normally, record these episodes um, all alone, but today I'm in a room of fellow travellers and listeners um, as we record a series of live episodes at the Edinburgh Fringe. And in this episode, we've got Scotland native Steph McLeod. Steph is a singer, a songwriter and worship leader. As I said, based here in Scotland, his music is featured regularly on BBC Radio 2, on Songs of Praise, UCB, and he performs and leads worship regularly. He also has a passion for mentoring the next generation of young Christian musicians and is an activist for mental health awareness. We've Already, as a department and as an organisation, benefited from that work. Steph was one of the contributors to the um, boys' mental health resource that we produced, Upbeat, where his story and music features there. And would really encourage you, if that's something that you're interested in or if you're working with young men, to check out. So, Steph, thanks so much for joining us. Um, first of all, can you just... Tell us a little bit about what everyday life looks like for you. Everyday life? Uh, well, first of all, thanks very much for having me. It's mm-hmm. actually joy, especially you're five minutes away from my house, eh? so it's... Uh, so it's basically the same as Zoom Yeah, you? it is. It's not far. It's a nice... <laughs> and it's all downhill as well. So <laughs> it's, uh, it's been... Um, it's a nice day as well, so... Welcome to Edinburgh. Thank you. I love it. It's one of my favourite places in the world. It's my f- favourite place ever. I'm very proud to be from Edinburgh. It's, uh, it's just lovely. And uh, yeah, day-to-day changes, actually. Um, I guess it depends what's on my schedule, you know. So there's childcare stuff, there's... Um, there's recovery stuff, so I'm, I engage with the recovery community quite a lot. So mm-hmm. I meet up with people to chat recovery, getting into recovery. I volunteer at a local hospital, which changes from time to time. And in my spare time, I write and I songwrite and connect with other people on Zoom to songwrite. And then if there's any events on, which are usually planned in advance, uh, they're not usually a regular thing, so it changes quite a bit. So my, my life's all over the place on a day-to-day basis. I, I guess, like, um, I, I do actually have a very strict routine that I have, uh, which helps my recovery and my faith walk, actually. 
uh, every morning and every evening and um, somewhere in the midst of that I go to the gym and get a movie and eat ramen. What's your favourite? I'm happy about the ramen. I mm. love ramen. What sort of movie is your go-to? Oh. It depends. I like um, Lord of the Rings. I, I love sci-fi fantasy. I'm mad on Star Trek. Yeah. Uh, although it has um, fluctuated over the, the recent years. What, in terms of quality or your enjoyment of it? Uh, uh, Lord of the Rings I can talk to you about for days, but Star Trek is a whole a world that I do not understand. I just, I just love sci-fi and fantasy, and okay. it was only recently that I, I discovered that why I, I liked it, and it, it really carried me through a lot of lonely times when I was a kid. Um, yeah. they, they released, like, uh, a new season of, of Picard on Amazon and I got really emotional watching it and didn't understand why and and then when I kind of thought about that I realised that you know I, I watched a lot of that during that time when my parents were separating okay. and it was an escape and I found it interesting and there was a lot of different stories and values essentially I loved the stories and the imaginative uh, aspects of it but it really carried me through a lot man Yeah, it's interesting how it's not just a place that can be comfort or safety, is it? It's like actually things and movies or music or other things can create a sense of home and security. Absolutely. Well, that was just like the first little intro question. And I already feel like we've found like a little bit of gold. So I'm very excited no about the rest of the conversation. We ask every guest to make the same four choices and to answer the same four questions as we travel together. And we're going to start off with your first two choices. So as it's a hypothetical hike, the first and foremost thing is, where are we walking today? Today we are walking around the grove by the River Esk in Musselburgh. So I used to live in Musselburgh. I grew up in Musselburgh, which is just a kick of the ball away from Edinburgh, about seven miles uh, in English. And there is a, the River S which goes through and there's a walkway that my dad would take me on every weekend. Um, and in the spring and summer, the smell of the wildflowers there is so overwhelming that when I, uh, when I, when I catch the smell like anywhere else, um, it just transports, transports me back there, you know. And, and the Esk is beautiful, there's wildlife. Me and my friends used to hang out in the woods there and play soldiers. And, uh, <laughs> or high day, as we, we would call it. And I just have a lot of fond memories of um, of being there, you know. Yeah. It was way before they built all the houses that are around there now. But, I mean, it's still there. It's still beautiful, especially in the summer evenings. I find that, as I've never been, but I feel like I get a sense of what it's like and how important it is for you. I think it sounds great. Very happy with that location. Right. Happy to be joining you there. Um, and next choice, um, who's coming with us? So you can bring three fellow travellers, one living, one dead, and one fictional. No worries. So the living would be uh, a buddy of mine, a, a singer-songwriter called Andrew Peterson. Is this the right one? Uh, is the right Andrew Peterson, uh, <laughs> who is a, a wonderful writer. Uh, coincidentally, he's doing a gig in the Fringe on Friday at um, Grubbers. Uh, that's not why I picked him <laughs> to figure out um, he is great fun he's wonderfully kind and he is invested in cultivating community mm. through music and creativity uh, he's got some great books on that like A Dawn in the Dark 
and um, it was just really lovely when I met him in Nashville and I've been on tour with him since. He's also mad on Tolkien and C.S. Lewis and trees and drawing and gardening. He just loves to cultivate and he's, he's just, if we went on a walk around the grove, he would be very interesting to have there because he would just ask loads of questions. Yeah, and I help with understanding like the floral yep. stuff around and what the trees are. Absolutely. I don't know anything about that. I just like the way it smells, yeah. like the way it looks. <laughs> and it brings me a lot of joy. And, uh, and But I do like listening to people that know about that stuff, you know what I mean? So sometimes I just like to experience it. Um, and uh, But he is one of the nicest men I know. So. Yeah, uh, he sounds great. I wish I was actually meeting him, but I'm glad that he's joining us on the hike. Um, and next is um, someone who is dead. Yeah, so for my dead person choice. I never know how, so I've done a lot of these episodes. Yeah. I never know how to say that. So it's a, it's a guy called Victor Frankl who wrote a book called man's search for meaning so Viktor Frankl was a psychotherapist who survived Auschwitz and uh, the concentration camps he was a his book um, is biographical but also talks about how his um, experiences in the concentration camp helped him to see life and meaning through his suffering which I think is uh, very powerful it's also helped me to move through some of the suffering that I've experienced with um, homelessness and addiction. Uh, but also, when he, even when he was at university, he um, he noticed that the suicide rates um, were spiked when the exam results came out. So he, he went to town So he was um, and offered like a free service to students who were struggling and stuff. And, and I think that was the first time ever that they had zero suicides. Wow. And he had this... Um, when he, when he was doing therapy after the war, he would sit there with people, and especially when they were suicidal, and he would ask them, why have you not committed suicide, which nobody had done before. Yeah. But it was to help them actually look at the reasons they haven't actually taken their life, and it was all about suicide prevention, which I'm very passionate about. And uh, But his book, Man's Search for Meaning, is, is just incredible. Yeah. It's been one of the nice things about doing lives, because normally I hear, I guess, choices that as they make them, but with the lives so that we can have a picture. I get them in advance. And it's one of the ones where I was like, oh, who is this guy? And kind of did a little bit of reading and looking and really interesting guy and someone who's clearly worked in the field that he's worked in because of a deep love of people like, and and not just a kind of curiosity about the mind works, but really wanted to translate that into not just knowing more, but care. Um, yeah, and a really incredible guy. Good choice. And then finally, your fictional companion. Gandalf. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, who wouldn't want to go on a stroll with Gandalf for me? <laughs> who know who knows where you'd end up because he's he's quite a crafty, sneaky, sneaky. And uh but he also likes to smoke a pipe, uh, which both Andrew and I do as well. <laughs> and, you know, um I've been doing some compassion focused therapy uh, as part of my own journey and it's about learning to develop compassion towards yourself and some of that's using your, your imagination to develop a compassionate other and how they would walk mm. with you through something and my compassionate other would be Gandalf somebody that's wise and strong and immeasurably caring and that's committed to 
helping you through stuff. Um, and plus, he's just really cool, man. You know what I mean? Right. I mean, he's, hey, look at the beard. <laughs> think of that beard. Uh, so, yeah. and he can talk to giant birds. And uh, that's also very cool. So, if we get if we get lost, we can just shout in the eagles. And another great choice for all of those reasons. The eagles one is my favourite choice. Mm. The bit my favourite reason. I like the idea of that very, very much. So having established where we are, we know who's with us, and um, we can move on to the first of our questions, which is this. How do you face change? Oh, I face change with great difficulty. Um, I think it's adjusting to change is the, the hardest part. Once things have changed, I can kind of get on with it, but mm. first... It's the prospect of change I find quite overwhelming. Sometimes I can be excited about it. And then, you know, then I start thinking about the challenges and then it gets difficult. But then adjusting to things I find quite difficult, you know, but to deal with overwhelming stuff and anxiety, I've I've learned from other people in my life to make things a bit smaller. So um, I just try and keep it in the day. We have this... Uh, adage in recovery which is one day at a time because you know the prospect of being clean and sober for the rest of your life can seem like a tall order but if I can get through today tomorrow will take care of itself and we often find out that tomorrow was the day I was worried about yesterday. Yeah that's very wise. So do you find that with all change so you say that that kind of excitement initially and then that becomes overwhelmed so that often we'll have people talk about kind of being okay with change as long as it's change that they're in control of or a kind of good change. But I know that for some reason, like for some people, any kind of change can be challenging. And so would that be more like your experience? Yeah, I think so. I think it, it's contextual really, you know, I, I think any kind of change is, is tough. Some change is necessary. I know that getting clean and sober and getting off of the streets it was an absolute necessity for me and it was tough adjusting to that you know so even getting the poison of drinking drugs out of my body my body had to detox it was just horrific you know uh, so it's it's not without challenges or leaving a job to start another one or um just making positive life choices can be an adjustment and it, it, it can be really scary even though it is the right choice you know um i think there's always challenges uh sometimes you get rid of some problems and replace them with new ones so I guess having an awareness that change is going to come with challenges yeah. and and trying to stay connected as much as possible, you know. So like many of the questions that you've asked uh, are going to ask then, doing it on your own I found is really quite dangerous for me because I, I need my community around me and I need my brothers that are going to be there to, to bounce stuff off because my best ideas get me into trouble. Uh, or, or at least implementing them can get me in trouble because uh, I'm, I'm great with ideas. The execution of them can be tough sometimes and um, and then I get frustrated and can't figure it out. But I'm the common denominator there, you know what I mean? So speaking to my community, getting some advice, my recovery sponsor and, um, you know, just, just having a community around you is, is, is a, has always helped me in terms of change, challenging change as well. And it's carried me through, so... Yeah, it's really good and kind of hearing you, like that kind of self-awareness becomes a really important thing, doesn't it? Because it can be easy to go, well, this is a good thing, so therefore going to be good. But actually there can still be challenges within that and knowing how you react to any given situation. 
And I, I think that's normal for everybody because yeah. I, I had to learn how to be self-aware. Addiction is um, the complete opposite of that because it's escape. It's, it's about the, it's about disconnection, really. You know, I had to be. I mean, I didn't know what my feelings were, not even until quite recently. Until you know, I'm still navigating that. But yeah, um, it's very easy, especially culturally, to think of the end game. You know, this is this is the goal. This is what I want, and it's okay to have goals, but to not understand any aspect of that journey. And then suddenly you're in it. Yeah. You know, it it can be really, really challenging. So I've I've had to learn to be much less self-sufficient because I do make mistakes. I hate it when I do it, but I'm human, man. You know what I mean? So I've understanding that things can go wrong, bouncing ideas of other people, just a bit of accountability as well can really help you in many ways navigate those challenges for me anyway. Yeah, really helpful. Um. So you can move on to the next question. And as you've already said, there'll be some themes that carry across here. But for you, Steph, how do you move through suffering? That's a tough one. The suffering is uh, part of life. But I learned a lot from that book, The Man's Search for Meaning, you know. And not that I went through anything like Auschwitz or... But in ter- everybody goes through their own suffering and... and um, I think it's it's a really debatable subject when it comes to unnecessary suffering and all that stuff. But um, what, what I've learned from my own experience is what can what can I what can I learn from this experience? What can I learn from my suffering? Is is there any growth? Mm. You know, there's a an analogy of a a moth that cocoons and has to go through this change and then break out of its cocoon. And I, I saw it on a TV show, and if we were to help the the moth of the butterfly come out of the cocoon, it wouldn't develop the strength it needed to fly, you know, so it would perish. So I've often said, well, if, if I'm going to go through this difficult situation, I'll, I'll come out of it stronger. Um, I just need to make sure that I'm prepared and navigated for unexpected things. So there's a, there, there is things to learn. I, I wouldn't be the man with the insight I have about myself or with the people that I connect with today if it had not been from my experiences. I wouldn't wish some of them on anybody. Yeah. But unfortunately, that's just the way life is, and I... I I um I wouldn't have my kids in my life and and stuff like that you know um so I I, I wouldn't change anything that's happened I wouldn't want to experience it again though yeah and uh, so I guess now it's just learning from my wisdom and if I do find myself in a very difficult position I reach out I never used to I used to think I could just do it all on my own yeah. which was horrific and nothing changed uh so I, reaching out having a community understanding that once you can accept where you're at, there's an opportunity to start moving forward. Because um, asking for help can be the scariest thing in the world or admitting defeat, but it can also lead to liberation. Yeah, I think that, I don't know how to. One of the things that I think is really interesting is that the kind of, the easy response is to say, well, these things are sent to test us. And so I think what you've captured really well is the difference between a position that says there's a deliberateness to suffering so that we will learn and grow stronger than saying, actually, these things happen and it's not good. (laughs) But we can learn from them and get stronger. And that there's a difference there. And I feel like I'm trying to articulate what you articulated but you articulated it far 
better because there's a nuance that I think we can skip over and therefore our conversation around suffering becomes really helpful when you frame it as you know, sent to test us, sent to challenge us and I don't think it's clear that your experience has landed you in a place where you aren't just going to offer that glibly or flippantly but that you've figured out how to learn and grow and move on. I'm still learning. Mm. I think we all still learn. I, I do, I, I, I often say and dismiss challenges as, oh, it'll be fine. And, uh, you know, people do say this, this is sent to test us or challenge us or whatever, but it's not taking the action. Mm. It's not taking the action. Um, and not doing anything or reaching out or asking for help. In my own case, things just got worse because I couldn't figure it out. And when I spoke to somebody and said, I don't think I can do this. Mm. And he went, yeah, you're right. But I think we've got a shot of doing it together. Yeah. You know, And that was that was a big change for me. Uh, and very often, I, and I still believe this, I, I didn't really understand the process of change until I'd come out the other end of it. So that's why staying connected to somebody or a community, having a routine, uh, just little things, and also trying to find the gratitude in a tough day. You know what I mean? So I, I do a wee gratitude list as a part of my night um, routine. Just 10 things I'm grateful for in the day, whether it was a cup of coffee or catching the bus or a nice phone call, anything like that. Because even in the tough, tough days, um, I, I can often stew on that stuff and miss out on the, the things that, because there's good stuff that happens in life as well. And doing that also brings closure to my day and helps me get a decent kit. It's all stuff I've learned from other people, like, you know, it's nothing original, but um, it's, uh, we, we can navigate through suffering. It's never easy. Yeah. But I've, I've found that doing it on my own is, is very, very, very tough and I tend not to get out the other end of it without help, so. Are you, is going to people, does that happen more naturally for you? Like now you've been practicing it a little bit. Yeah, I've learned that the hard way. Yeah, I learned because it uh, it's very easy to go back into. Um, oh, I'll figure it out. Oh, I'll it'll be fine, and uh, all, all all the usual stuff. But which is just learned mm-hmm. behaviour. Some of it's cultural. Some of it's um, alcoholism. Yeah, you could argue some of it's spiritual. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I tend to find that. I need a clearer perspective on stuff because, you know, I like to think that I'm right most of the time and uh, I'm really not. Uh, Once or twice it works out and I'm dead pleased with myself. (laughs) uh, You know, um, I'm good in everybody else's crisis, I like to think, but that's because we're sharing the problem, you know what I mean? And so it's um, it's, it's been a real blessing to to actually reach out and and actually deepen friendships because Mm. I've asked for help and I've friended the people that are real close and I, and I care about, and they care about me, it's actually help, helped our friendships to grow. Well, because you can be so afraid, can't you, that like burdening the people around you with your pain and your struggles is going to push them away. But actually for the people that you need in your life, it will draw them closer. Absolutely. I mean, I, 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 if my, one of my mates was struggling, you know, I'd say, why didn't you give me a call? You know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm, I'd like to think that that would, be the same and it has been like that you know even if even if it's just to hear me vent sometimes or yeah process something you know what I mean because sometimes I'll say things and halfway through a sentence I'll realize actually I think I'm I'm not right there 
Listen, you know, are, uh, so sometimes it's just the process for everybody stuff, and then make a decision instead of it just. Well, you just see your, see their face as you say the thing, and you're like, oh yeah, that, that no, that's, was, not, that's not a good idea. That's not a good idea. <laughs> yeah. it's, usually, it's usually a smile. Yeah. Huh? <laughs> All right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Maybe that's not a great yeah, idea. Yeah. No, I mean, so it's uh, yeah, it's it, it's good to talk and it's good to connect. And um, so going through suffering is uh, it, sh- it shouldn't have to be a lonely experience. It can be yeah. incredibly lonely. Again, what I learned was if I'm feeling lonely, that I probably don't like the person I'm alone with. Mm. You know, so a lot of that comes down to self-esteem stuff or mental health and stuff like that. So that means it's much more beneficial for me to reach out and speak to people because I very often don't see myself the way others do. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Uh, so it's nice to get a good perspective on things. Um, yeah. But that that's that's a journey in progress as well. And it will be, I think. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And like reflecting the words that you would offer to other people in this situation, that when we speak far more nicely to others than we would do to ourselves, don't we? And, uh-huh. Yeah. I'm getting better. I used to be really bad at speaking to myself. I won't repeat anything here. But the, um, <laughs> but now I tend to have a bit of a laugh on myself. So it's just about changing that narrative a wee bit. It's a bit of, it's a bit of Scottish banter, you know, not to say nice things to people. <laughs> um, my mate's a, a chef. I've never complimented him once on his cooking. And it, it's, it's extraordinary. I hope he's not listening. And um, <laughs> but uh, you know, but he, but he knows because I'm not saying anything nice. That um, yeah. usually, you know, if somebody's like, "How you doing? Uh, yeah, can I ask you something? <laughs> what you want?" Um, not all the time, but it's Scottish banter just to kind of take yeah. the mick out of each other. And well, we'll find out who that chef is, and when we share this episode, I'll make sure I tag him in the post. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then he'll know it'll be out it'll be out there then like this thing between you <laughs> probably those because we've got mutual friends and i've told them every single one of them how good he is it could oh, and be. if you keep eating it presumably An empty plate yeah every single time did you enjoy that yes nope <laughs> just, just just being polite yeah, it's just, it's just bad, you know what I mean? They look all right in this. Now you look like a disaster. <laughs> You're not going out in that, are you? <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> oh, <it's> so good. <laughs> I love that. And I think, yeah, the kind of the balance in those friendships, isn't it? It's You can do that because you've done the deep stuff as well. And you've shared the truth. So everything else just yeah. creates the fun around that and realness. Brilliant. Love it. You get to make another choice now. Mm-hmm. It's about what we're listening to as we hike. So apart from one another and the wisdom that will be shared by our fellow travellers, what sort of thing will we be listening to? So I thought about this. um, I quite like the Adagio from Mallor 5. Yeah. I just from it, I think it'd be really, really lovely around the Grove in Musselboro. It's a beautiful piece of music. I've only seen one Mallor Symphony live, but it's just incredible stuff. Mala was an interesting full-time conductor, actually. He wrote symphonies in his spare time. She's yeah. absolutely genius. Yeah. But the Adagio from the, the Fifth Symphony um, is just extraordinary. It's very, very moving. Um, so I'd, I'd either have that or I'd, um, I'd probably just listen to some of my friends' music, actually. Uh, I have a really eclectic taste when it comes to music. I'd, it's like food. Yeah. I am not picky at all. <laughs> 
and then uh, I, I love I love really beautiful songwriting. Um, uh, Sarah Gross, <laughs> always a favourite. Um, Andrew, although he'd probably feel quite uncomfortable with me putting on his music if we were walking together. <laughs> um, the classical stuff, uh, Rachmaninoff piano concertos, and um, movie soundtracks. Uh, just good acoustic music. I love the blues. I love better rocks. But um, I think if we were walking around the Grove, then the Adagio from Malafive. Great choices. I think I'm happy with all of that. I like an eclectic listen. Do you want to share any of your music now? I could do. Because I feel like that would be really nice. All right. I'll do... Uh, do you want a couple of songs? Because it was like a song per question. Or um, do you just want all of them? Or... Do a couple now. Or a couple, yeah. And then at snack time, we could do another couple. No worries. Would that, that be all right? That's great, yeah. I did once try and eat um, a mince pie halfway through a Christmas carol. <laughs> How did that go? Oh, it was a disaster. <laughs> <laughs> My pal Alan McKinley dared me. This was in a concert. Was it? It was a live. With actual people. Actual people. Uh, and uh, I balanced the mince pie on the microphone stand. And I took a bite and then I tried to sing. And it got congealed in my throat. because it's, it's And um, oh, it was my dad. Was it worse for you or the audience? Who do you think? Oh, they loved it. <laughs> they, they thought it was hilarious, man. But me and Alan, Alan's a, a wonderful worship leader from Scotland. And uh, we get a bit naughty when we get together. So we're always daring each other to do stuff like that. And uh, um, or like change lyrics and songs at concerts and stuff. So we did um, a couple of Christmases ago. He was singing a song called "Jesus Is Alive," and I dared him to change the the words to um, "Vegan Is a Lie." <laughs> just, just what? And he did it. I have video evidence of him doing it. And then, and then, uh, and then, of course, he did it. So I had to do. Uh, told me to sing "Sharopodist." The words "Sharopodist." In Silent Night, um, which was incredibly difficult. And I did it because there was this musical interlude bit and I just kind of ad-libbed it and it was like a... Oh, uh, But it sounded like I was singing in tongues because it, really, it was a really spiritual moment. But I remember the sound man and the conductor for the orchestra both tilted their heads like dogs hearing a whistle. They both just went like that. Where the... And it was so funny, man, about it. <laughs> you know, it's a couple of cheeky hi-fi. So we're all going to be listening really carefully yeah. now. Huh? <laughs> oh, he doesn't know that. Yes. <laughs> but um, this is a song called One Day at a Time, which is just about dealing with change and um, that anxiety that comes with it. You know what I mean? It's uh, a little bit of its testimonial. And um started writing this when uh, I was encouraged to start writing about my feelings. And this is a song I wrote about anxiety. So. This. How did it ever get so low? Fell hard and grew cold. Realize now who I am. Too many issues for just one man. Letting go of the old disguises. I'm full of surprises 
I know it's good for my health, but it hurts so bad when I see myself. I've been waiting for the rains to come. The river is rising Tell you about my weary soul I lose heart when I lose control Free falling, fantasizing Reminiscing about the days gone by When I drank heavy and I took pills With my fake friends for the cheap thrills I cried out when I lost my way Hands held high from the shadows of the valley been waiting for the rains to come river is rising high i'm moving on everything will be all right it's gonna be all right everything will be just So this is a song called Let There Be Light, which was a song I wrote when I was struggling with loneliness. And as I said, um, you might not like, like the person you're alone with when you're feeling lonely, like solitude and being comfortable, and that was never my experience until quite recently. So this is a song about that, but understanding that as a Christian, I'm always anchored to heaven. Always anchored, even though when I can't see it, I believe Christ is walking with me because I can very often build walls around myself and struggle to connect spiritually when I'm consumed with my uh, my own self-loathing or loneliness or whatever. So it's, uh, it was just a way to help me process that and visualise that. And So it's called Let There Be Light. When I sail the lonely 
midnight watch I keep I stand amazed as the stars on the pillows gleam Though I know a storm is rising above a dark horizon I know my Lord, I know you're here with me Let there be light, Lord let it shine out of your heart here in the mind when it rains from heaven above let it rain heavenly love let there be light oh let there be light there's a call on the restless tide it's like a longing Endless night, and it breaks the bow like a raging symphony. And though I may be far from shore, I am anchored at heaven's door. I know my Lord, I know you're here with me. So let there be light, and Lord, let it shine out of your heart here in the mind lead me out of the eye of the storm into the promise of a crimson dawn let there be light my Jesus let there be light grace is enough grace is enough Find me here surrounded in an ocean of love. Grace is enough. Your grace is enough. You find me here, I'm surrounded. be my favorite thing that's ever happened on the podcast absolutely excellent um i don't really want to ask any more questions so i'd like to do some more music but i am going to ask you the rest of the questions because it's my job um <laughs> so we're on to our third question um which is how do you receive joy with great difficulty uh 
life is just tough, eh? Um, man, joy is a beautiful thing. How do I experience joy? Is there's a few things that I really love, like being around my kids. They're just pure joy, man. You know what I mean? And that's that unconditional love. And that's um. They didn't know me before I got clean and sober, and and uh, the, the many of the troubles that I went through, and they've just always seen me as their dad, and as a gift that I'm truly grateful for, just to be emotionally available, yeah. which I've learned through my twelve step program, and. Uh, you know, I didn't have any brothers and sisters growing up, so getting to experience them enjoying each other, sometimes not enjoying each other, is uh, <laughs> it's just wonderful. And they're really manipulative. It's one, it's, so I'm not worried about them at all. It's great. And uh, I've got a stepson as well. He's just a marvellous, marvellous man. And uh, it's been a, an absolute privilege to be a father. So that brings me joy, but also um, helping other people or... Um, I mean, I used to really struggle uh, experiencing joy because I think, you know, I, I I grew up thinking just constantly that was in the wrong, not through, I mean, I did get into trouble quite a lot. And uh, it's only recently that I've been, I'm, getting, I'm in the process of getting assessed for a few things and uh, some of the traits that I, I struggle with, um, you know, are on um, this sort of neurodivergent spectrum. And, uh, you know, I, I just thought it was a lot of nonsense. But uh, it's become, like, as in, not a lot of nonsense, but, like, for me, I just could not see myself in that that frame of mind. But two of my kids are on um, the spectrum, and uh, I just dismissed it at first and laughed at my shrink, and then he was like, I'm going to explain this to you, and, and it made a lot more sense. Yeah. Things like joy or doing something good for myself, um, I used to feel really guilty for it because I thought I was being selfish or... Um, so I've, I've I've really struggled with that. I couldn't take a compliment. I couldn't. Um, I was I struggled with gifts. I just had this real sense of undeservedness. You know what I mean? But I've so I've been going through this sort of self compassionate journey, uh, and and just trying to express as much gratitude as I can because I love giving gifts. Yeah. I love seeing the way that makes people feel. I love spending time with people. I love if I can um, impart any kind of joy into people's lives at all. So why do I struggle? And it's to do with the flow of compassion, really. And um, so just accepting joy and blessings and all that from other people and also from God as um it's been a massive journey for me recently massive and uh it's not one to be underestimated so I'm, I'm starting to really enjoy stuff it's wonderful I'm looking at food in a whole different way uh and uh yeah I, I I'm I'm starting to experience joy in a very different light and actually feel very thankful for all of it and that's great and it's so clearly linked to your discovery around that how you move through suffering and allowing yourself to feel the same compassion for yourself that you feel for others about being in relationship with others and seeing yourself through their eyes a little bit and that joy exists there because you bring people joy and so when you allow yourself to experience that then you do see the world differently do you feel uncomfortable that i just said that no Okay, that's good. I, I, maybe a wee bit. <laughs> but I am, um, it's just the way my brain's wired, you know. Uh, I, yeah. There was many years, I, my, 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 my view on joy was very warped. So it was 
alcohol, drugs, hedonism, all that kind of stuff. And I, it was all escape. None of it was real, man. You know, I used to think I loved drink. I didn't. I just loved escaping what it felt like to be in my own skin. Yeah. And alcohol is the greatest emotional painkiller on the planet, you know. So actually having all the feelings and, you know, experience what actual joy is and actual compliments and actual fellowship and all this kind of stuff. It's not what I'm hardwired to. So I'm having to relearn all of that stuff, man. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, even fitness, which is grueling at times, yeah. but the way it makes you feel afterwards is, is fantastic. Yeah. So relearning what joy is and not having to... Why do you feel, why, why you feel guilty about being nice to yourself or go, taking yourself out to the cinema? You know, because yeah. you, you've, you've, you've been... On tour all week, you just wanted a bit of chill time. Yeah. But I do, I make myself feel guilty because I thought, oh, I should be doing this, I should be doing that. And even if you hadn't been on tour all week, yeah. it's okay to go to the cinema and have it. a nice time. I love it. Yeah. Ramen for one, please. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah, I don't it's to... my favourite thing to do is go to the cinema by myself. Yeah, I saw, in fact, I actually watched all three Lord of the Rings on my own. It was amazing. At the cinema? Yeah. Oh my gosh, that does sound amazing. I was at university in Reading at the time. It was tremendous. I didn't want to be bothered by anybody. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. And I think, yeah, giving yourself permission to feel joy and all that stuff, it's really, really important. And we've been talking about food, and so now I'm really hungry, which takes us really nicely on to the next question. And normally, um, this question is really unsatisfying because it's what's in the snack bag. And I just get to hear about it and then feel hungry for the rest of the episode. Mm -hmm. But this time, you get to tell me what you want in the snack bag, and if by ma as if by magic, or... We'll as if by David, it's going to appear in the ring. Oh, wonderful. So in the snapback, <laughs> we have boost bars, right? And sesame snaps, right? So I said one of the two. And the reason for that was we, when me and my mates were playing soldiers in Musselburgh, the boost bars had just come out. You know what I mean? So again, it's that nostalgia and it was a thing, but I really, really liked <laughs> And whenever I eat the boost bar, I mean, it'll probably give you energy until next week um, and, uh, or put you into a small sleep coma. So that was that. The reason for the sesame snaps is because it's a healthy, unhealthy option and um, I absolutely love them. I can't get enough of them. They're just my favourite. I say I really love when you send through. So um, as I said, when I, I drove up on Monday, had my podcast to listen to. One of my favourite podcasts is Off Menu. Um, I mean, I'm definitely not going to eat it now, but um, I won't eat it in a bit. Um, Keeps one of them, though. Yeah. Not what I have. Um, is off menu. And they, so this was before you sent me your choices, and they spoke about Sesame Snaps. Right. And they were like, how is that company like, still surviving? Because yeah. who's buying Sesame Snaps? And then you sent me your message yeah. saying Sesame Snaps. I was like, it's Steph. Yeah. Steph is buying the sesame snaps. So it was like the answer to the question. Because like you kind of see them randomly, don't you? But I do like them. No, they're great. Yeah. They're very Moorish. Yeah. And top tip, you can put Nutella on them. And if you're really, really feeling naughty, there's a Biscoff Nutella that you can stick on it. I much prefer it on a custard cream though. What Biscoff on a custard cream? Oh, wait, you don't even need a spoon, you just use the custard cream. <laughs> <laughs> well, as everyone else enjoys their snack, so I wonder if we do the Joy song now. Okay. Then how to, and then I'll ask you the final question. All right. And then we'll finish with the song. Sounds good. Does that sound good? Cool. I mean, it sounds good to me, 
But um, if that's all right with you. Yeah, yeah. So this is a premiere. Nobody's ever heard this, really. It's actually not, I don't think it's finished, but. Literally. I've been, uh, I've been writing with a friend of mine called, uh, a guy called Nathan Jest from Northern Ireland. He's a wonderful songwriter, um, worship leader, and we were at a writing camp in February with Integrity Music. We were writing, uh, thinking of things to write about, and on the theme of joy, actually, you know, the joy of the Lord. Um, and it's almost like the blessings in life and looking for gratitude and, and getting through the tough times. And it's it's pretty close, so I thought I'd try it out. And, and uh... So it's called The Joy of the Lord. So... Are you, we're going to be... Are you, are you... You're going to be easy about this. It's going to be jet, all right. It's going to be cool. So, so be graceful. <laughs> okay. Lord, I cannot but hold. When the night won't let go Oh, the weight of my grief is a burden to hold Though I cannot always see it You're right next to me I'm never alone Forever I'll The day you have me in your hands I'll remain and I'll trust that each morning you'll be there the same for tomorrow is the burden that I don't need today forever I'll know That's it. Oh, that's really beautiful. I'm very glad you um, shared that and wrote it in time to be able to share it with us. That was great. 
And so we move on to our final question now. Um, how do you mature in service? Practice. Practice is the best thing to do. It's, um, and, you know, with maturity, maturity it's experience, really. Uh, so everybody serves in different ways, you know, and for me that is working with other people wanting to get into recovery, spending time with uh, folk and just sharing my experience, volunteering. And the, 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 the beautiful miracle about service is it's paradoxical. So when you pour love out the way, it really does in, in, uh, ensue. And it's, it's a glorious thing. And um, it's like that book that I told, that we discussed, Man Search for Meaning, you know, the, the truly amazing gifts in life, you know, can't really be pursued. You, you, you can to an extent, but they're not, they're not natural. So like happiness, kindness, friendship, all these wonderful things that need to be ensued, you know what I mean? Yeah. To truly experience them, like, you know, love and family, all that stuff. Um, you, you can buy it, but it's not authentic, you know? Yeah. And And... So serving others and pouring love forward, pour, you know, kind of pours love in as well, if that makes any sense. It's, um, it's like the more light you time impart to other people, the brighter you shine, um, which is something that I'd, I'd, I'd also learned from other people. Uh, so, and, and it's just practice. It's just practice. Um, being connected to a community, uh, whether it's a church or a support group or friends or whatever, um, that, has, uh, that, that has transformed my life absolutely transformed it because uh i'm still trying to figure out what it's like to be in my own company you know what i mean that's just that's just going to be a journey sometimes it's okay sometimes it's a real challenge but uh i've, I've found that i really am bursting with life which is god's greatest gift mm-hmm. you know god's greatest gift is life and all its fullness and to to receive that to receive that and live that and and would i want to impart that into other people you know what i mean and 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 share that that's why um I got a group of guys that I do prison ministry with, you know, and uh, work with homeless and addicts and stuff like that. These people didn't come into the world that way, you know. And it's, uh, you know, if 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 the love of God can take a bum like me off the streets and get him clean and sober, and and I've had a pretty radical life, you know. Uh, if you can do that with me, I'd love to see what God can do in somebody else's life. And you know, who am I not to share that stuff? Who am I not to share? I don't want to stand before God and, you know, say, well, I could have, but I was busy. You know what I mean? That's just, that's just the way I see it, man. I mean, it's just a, it's, it's a real gift. And somebody, somebody had the guts to, to share that gift when they shared their testimony with me when I was on the streets, man. Yeah. And it blew my mind and my heart to bits. And uh, I've never looked back. It's not been easy, but it's um, been worth every step. And uh, so it's just practice. Get out and serve somebody, make tea. I was a toilet cleaner at my recovery group for a few months, um, and and I did it with, with gratitude, man. You know, because I mean, there's I got to serve, and I mean, never do the teas and coffees and all that, but it's a uh, you know for 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 an addict or an alcoholic, you know, before they get clean and sober, the the the, the prospect of getting clean and sober seems such an impossibility, you know. So to just serve in any way possible, to just all you need to do is pass that joy on to the next guy. That's the only requirement, you know. It's just amazing and a wonderful privilege to see people get well to see people get hope in their life to see people get faith in their life to see people live in their life you know when that penny drops it's, it is just truly incredible and and it's one of the most beautiful things i've ever witnessed in my life and if i can play a small part in that just by turning up and i guess maturing in service is just about turning up it's like being a parent half it's just been there you yeah. know what i mean so it's uh it's just yeah i think like practicing service in the same way 
I always like it when a musician talks about practice because you mean it, don't you? Like, because you know what it takes to be good at something is you have to practice it, but you also have to start somewhere. And I think sometimes with, you know, the what are we for, like what is our purpose, like how are we meant to serve, it can feel like a massive question of like trying to find out that thing. But in the same way that like when you pick up an instrument for the first time, you you just start with the very, very basics. And I think that purpose question and service thing is the same thing. You just do the thing that's in front of you. You just do the first thing that is there for you to do and you learn and you grow and then you do the next thing and the next thing. And it's not progression in that like, there's always going to be a need for teas and coffees and toilet cleaning, but actually we learn more about who we are within that just by doing the thing in front of us, not seeking that grand purpose, like that final objective. It's not about the final objective, really. And it's, it's about the journey. Yeah. And what I, what I mean by that is like, I've driven myself mad trying to figure stuff out. Mm. And instead of just enjoying the experience, you know what I mean? Or, you know, I need to be a good father. If I do this, I'll be a good dad. And then I just miss out on everything. Mm. And like, it's, it's just about turning up. And listening and being around and uh, dealing with the challenges. It's a real privilege, um, but especially with friends or family or anybody, really, even with myself. But just not taking myself too seriously sometimes is a big one as well. You know what I mean? It's, it's, yeah. I think you've having a bit of gratitude, uh, which I've, I never was able to do. I had to practice that massively. The things that I've got in front of me, which I really took for granted, like prayer, connection, accountability I mean that stuff is just I cannot live without that stuff and, and, and it's not I'm not saying that to sound like a good Christian man it's I, I do it because it, it keeps me sober I need the connection to God because if I don't my self-will and self-sufficiency will take me out the door it's I, I've, it's happened you know what I mean and I, I I can't afford to do that again so like the the things that I know were good for me because you know that's what I learned when I became a Christian and I I'll do it if I can be bothered. They've they, they've they've literally kept me sane yeah. and connected and through the tough times. And I, I just can't leave the house without doing it these days, man. Just that wee bit of humility because I'm not a humble man yeah. naturally. So I uh, so just practicing that puts me in a good stead to serve others and enjoy life for what it is. Because with God going God going before me, I can see the world a little bit better. You know what I mean. Uh, because through the lens of my eyes, it's a wee bit dumber, like. Do you have a final song? I do, I. Which is called what? Uh, it's called Love Changes Everything. And, and it's just about that. It was about service, actually, you know what I mean? If you're, if you're feeling, if it's, like, for me, it was loneliness and all that. It was, what, was, what was the cure to that? It was getting out and serving somebody, whether it was your church or your community or your family or whatever. And um, that's, what the, that's what the, where the song came from, so. what I know about paying it forward to keep what you got you gotta give it away love is a bridge to hope faith and courage over the troubled waters every time come what may right here right now 
I believe, I believe it yeah, That love changes everything And I know, I know, I know Reaching out, I know I'm never alone Oh, love changes everything So never look down Without a little love and compassion Lifting up each other in love is how we rise again Time is a gift in which kindness is golden And when it pours from the soul you're really gonna know when hope remains Right here, right now, I believe, I believe, yeah, that love changes Really, really beautiful. So, thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Thanks for having me. Um, so, I hope you enjoyed that conversation as, uh, as much as I did. And like I said, this will be released as part of our regular series of podcasts. And if you've enjoyed um, this chat, um, don't forget to check out the All Terrain podcast online. You can get it wherever you get your podcasts. Or if you don't get podcasts, you can get them all over the place. Apple, Spotify, you can search the All Terrain podcast and find it there. We create sketch notes and an article for every episode. We, I don't do that. Really good people create sketch notes and an article for every episode. And you can find those by Googling the All Terrain podcast. And you'll find all our episodes and the show notes, sketch notes and articles. And we'd love you to join in the conversation. We've got a Facebook group called the All Terrain Conversations 
where we can share some of the things that have resonated or challenged us, some of the questions raised. So you can find that by heading to the old Facebook, whack in all-terrain conversations in the search bar and that group will come up for you to join. So I'll be back with another guest who will be facing the four choices, answering the four questions and sharing the wisdom learned along the way. So until then, goodbye and thanks for listening.